Friday, October 9th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 5 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, are Jared Smola and Tyler Syracuse. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at fansharesports.com by calling my week three win in the crown is ass challenge my one win for the season i obviously successfully reverse jinxed myself into a second straight victory in the crown is ass challenge i had a little less overlap in my lineup than you guys did um my keys were fitting mark andrews in at tight end rather than paying up at running back and of course playing the panthers actual number one wideout robbie anderson <laughs> over the dj moore selections jared reactions to your lineup besides your adam troutman tilt yeah, I mean, I, I wrote a lot about my lineup in my DraftKings article this week. It was my first losing week of the year. You know, taking taking two zeros isn't usually going to get it done. And I, honestly, I don't think I still don't think Troutman was a mistake. I mean, I, I saw people win small field tournaments with Adam Troutman in their lineup just because you know tight end is so crappy. I know Andrews had a nice game and Waller had a nice game, but you know they were so expensive it kind of changed your whole roster construction if you played those guys. So I mean, Brandon Cooks was the bigger problem for me. You know, taking a zero. And yeah, I mean, that was probably a mistake. The usage was there, like we talked about, but the production hadn't been in the three games uh, that Will Fuller has been healthy this season. So you know, that that was the mistake. Besides, I mean, I thought the, I, you know, I thought Matt, the key to your win was actually playing Ronald Jones. I think paying down there and, you know, getting 21, whatever points he scored at that price was kind of the key to the week. Tyler, any regrets from your week four cash build? I kind of already deleted week four from memory, but. <laughs> It was my first losing week as well, and both my cash lineups were pretty miserable on DraftKings and FanDuel. Biggest reason I lost on DraftKings was swapping from Tyler, or excuse me, from Amari Cooper up to Tyler Lockett, and that was only about a 35-point difference. <laughs> and it was a low-scoring week in cash, so that's what really bit me, and I should have trusted my gut and, and rolled out Amari Cooper, even though Tyler Lockett was going to be extremely high-owned. And before we get too far away from Adam Troutman, we always kind of play guys like that that are minimum priced because we know that we can take basically a zero from them and still be okay. That's what that extra salary gives you. So it's a good point on that. Adam Troutman, anybody who gives you a zero sucks. But if somebody <laughs> gives you a zero at minimum price, you can you can take that and still do okay. We will all be back at it for week five, which I have absolutely no chance of winning. And we will show you we're playing against we will show you who we're playing against each other in the Crown is Ass Challenge in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com come Saturday morning. We've got another COVID affected slate this week to go through. We've got Bills Titans moved to Tuesday, Broncos Patriots moved to Monday. So obviously both of those games are off the main DFS slate. It means I don't have to decide whether to play Josh Allen this week. So I guess that's a positive. We've gotten the one maybe positive test from the Jets, maybe not. So we're still waiting for that situation to be sorted out to make sure that the Jets and Cardinals are going to play on Sunday. So for who we know, who we know that we're that's going to play or who we expect is going to play Sunday, Jared, please get us started with a cash quarterback here. Yeah, so I've spent a decent amount of time, you know, building or at least, you know, starting to build lineups on DraftKings this week. I think it's plenty doable to pay up at quarterback this week. So I'm going to start with Patrick Mahomes in my cash lineup at 7700 bucks, And it just, it just it just feels like a blow-up spot for Mahomes to me. You know, he he struggled. It was, you know, honestly, one of the poorer games he's played, I thought, um, against the Patriots last week. But now, you know, he's at home 
for the Raiders, um, you know, uh, Vegas 30th in football outsiders pass defense DVOA. They're like in the bottom five in uh, DVOA against deep passes. It just sets up as a great spot for Mahomes. You know, Vegas has them apply for 34 points. That's the highest we've seen for any team this season, you know, in a season where we're seeing Vegas set, you know, massive implied point total. So again, you can pay down for some guys that, you know, come with more risk and take the savings, but I think Mahomes is easy enough to fit in there that, you know, his combination of ceiling and floor makes sense. I think Tony Romo's still sitting in the broadcast booth at Arrowhead saying, you know, you just can't keep Patrick Mahomes down every quarter. He's going to go off any minute now. Tyler, who's your cash quarterback favorite? I think Patrick Mahomes makes a lot of sense as well. To me, I think it's just going to come down to roster construction. If you want to pay up at quarterback in cash or you want to go all the way down to Kyle Allen at minimum price, $4,000, going up against a terrible Falcons defense. I mean, I don't think there's too many running backs we can pay up for. It seems like Ezekiel Elliott's the one guy that we could pay up for in cash. So it probably does make sense to pay up at quarterback this week. I uh, haven't messed around too much with construction, but I think Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are in play at the top. And then if you want to go all the way down, Kyle Allen's certainly in play for cash at 4,000 when he'll probably get you 16 to 20 points at just 4,000. You'll be able to pay up at wide receiver and even tight end this week. Kyle Allen, of course, is playing the Rams this week because he's playing for Washington now. Does that change it? Because you said Falcons when you were first talking about him. Oh, no, no it, yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I'm not too concerned about the matchup either way. I don't think Rams are a defense to be feared, but uh-huh. yeah, Kyle Allen plays for Washington now. Thank you. <laughs> I know we all got used to Kyle Allen in those blue and, and silver um, after all his years with the Panthers, so I think that's <laughs> let those things go. I want to throw in Teddy Bridgewater as well at 5900 bucks. I know he's not all the way down to Kyle Allen, but you know some savings that allows me to screw up my picks at wide receiver and running back as well. Bridgewater brings actually the better set of wide receivers into this game with all the injuries in Atlanta and a better receiving running back than Matt Ryan has to work with. So they're close in our rankings and close in DK uh, salary, but I think Teddy Bridgewater is pretty, pretty easily the play over Matt Ryan. And I think there's more healthy talent on the Cal- on the Carolina defense right now than there is on the Atlanta defense. So I think there's a better chance that the Falcons struggle this week to score than the Panthers do in this game. Yeah, I think Bridgewater would be my top, quote-unquote, pay-down option. I do think Matt Ryan's okay. I think Gardner Mintry's okay. And I do think Daniel Jones is an option. I'm, you know, I've messed around with lineups with him. I'm going to try not to use Daniel Jones in cash. I do think you know the floor is a bit too low. But Daniel Jones is my top tournament play 5400 bucks so he's cheap Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram I think you can stack with them both of those guys are cheap so you can really do a lot with the rest of your lineup by stacking Jones with those two guys you know we we saw him last year post four games of 30 plus DraftKings points so we saw that upside he's faced just a brutal schedule so far all four teams he's he's faced so far have been top eight in football outsiders past defense DVOA now he gets the Cowboys who rank 25th in DVOA or 28th in DraftKings points allowed to quarterback. So definitely a spot where Jones could, you know, kind of break out as a passer this week. And we've already seen him, you know, add value with his legs. He has 20 plus plus rushing yards in all four games this season. I was surprised to see Daniel Jones currently projected among the higher owned quarterbacks for the week. Certainly not to the point where I'm like, oh, I'm not playing him if that many people are, but I was a little surprised that that many people seem to be ready to go to Jones considering how bad they've been so far. That's where I feel like DFS has just gotten tougher. Like people are sharper and, you know, two years ago, three years ago, people wouldn't have been on Daniel Jones. Now he's not going to, you know, fly under the radar. Tyler, what do you like for GPPs? Yeah, I'm going to, I think I'm leaning towards fading Daniel Jones. I think he is going to be the chalkiest quarterback 
I uh, see Fanshare has him projected at 9.9%, and I would certainly take the over on that. I think he's going to come in over 10% for sure. So I'm going to be paying up for Lamar Jackson. I'm going to be paying up for Patrick Mahomes. One of my favorite options in the mid-tier is Matt Ryan. He's actually ranks number one in the Draft Sharks model with a projected ceiling of 27.8 points this week. Basically, we just want to use Matt Ryan in games where the opposing team can't generate pressure. He's one of those guys that really struggles when, when the other team can get in the backfield. And Carolina ranks dead last in pressure rate this season. And they kind of been playing a soft zone. And that should allow Matt Ryan to pick them apart. Uh, feel pretty safe that he's going to get the 300-yard bonus this week. Hopefully Julio Jones can get out there for him. But it seems like Calvin Ridley's definitely going to play. And honestly, those other guys that they're throwing out there in Zacchaeus and, and Russell Gage have been just fine as well. So I think Matt Ryan has a has a pretty good shot for over 25 DK points. I like that game in general. I, th- I think I'm going to be stacking that game a bunch this week. Yeah, I can certainly see that. I, I hope that Julio Jones doesn't play so he can rest that hamstring, but I don't think that no Julio Jones would really change Matt Ryan's outlook that much because there are enough options around. And I don't think the Carolina defense is very good. Uh, not to uh, misinterpret what I said about them before. I am... A little bit less interested in Teddy Bridgewater on this side. I think he's still in play, but he's headed for double-digit ownership, it looks like. I'm going to see what I can build around Dak Prescott at 7400 bucks, who seems like he's going to lose some ownership to Matt Ryan, Teddy Bridgewater, Daniel Jones. And if I can get Dak Prescott under 10% at this point after the way he started this season, I mean, that's an easy pick. We, we always talk about the array of stacking options with him, so... You know, you play around with that, and that's bound to differentiate you from even some of the other DAC owners. I also like Gardner Minshew. We mentioned him in passing on the cash side. I do think Minshew is in play on cash, but 6,200 and low ownership on the tournament side, I think he's got ceiling right in line with guys like Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater. The Texans are allowing the league's second highest passer rating, 71% completion so far. Minshew has been over 20 DK points in every game that he's had DJ Chark on the field for so far this year. His salary this week is still below where it was for week three against Miami. So it's not even his highest salary of the season, even though it's up eight touchdown passes for Minshew in those three games with Chark and the 54 point over under in that game, one of the highest of the week. So it should be a game with plenty of points. I like him. I like the Minshew Chark stack, and it's. I don't think Minshew's going to be close to Daniel Jones in ownership. Yeah, I like that game in general. I think you can go to the other side too and stack Deshaun Watson with Will Fuller, and you know maybe one of its other pass catchers even, and you know use DJ Chark, Lavisca Chenault on the other side. I think you know that that's the game with the high implied total that seems to be flying under the radar this week. I think James Robinson's elevated receiving role also makes him a possibility in building some Minshew stacks. Yep, definitely. Running back for cash. Tyler, what do you like there? I think I'm definitely going to be playing Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Ezekiel Elliott, and Mike Davis as my cash game running backs on DraftKings. Uh, The only other option I considered was Kareem Hunt, who's just $100 more than Mike Davis. I just think Mike Davis is a little bit safer because he has a better matchup, and he's probably going to play a higher percentage of the team's snaps. I know the Browns were pretty conservative with Hunt last week. Uh, Dearness Johnson actually led the team in running back carries. And the Indianapolis Colts defense has been really, really good. And then Mike Davis just has such a high floor with his ability to catch the ball. He's coming in at a higher projected ownership, but I, I think that trio is going to be where I go in cash. We're definitely going to have the, the salary to pay up for Zeke in a game where they're favored by over a touchdown. So I think he's going to be a lock. TEH has seen excellent volume all season. Hasn't scored a touchdown since week one. I think he's ready to break out in a big way going up against the Raiders, who have given up the most fantasy points to opposing RBs. 
including the most running back reception yards to running backs. So I think it's just an explosion spot for CEH. So I'm going to be locking in those three guys in cash, it looks like for sure. Yeah, I agree with that. I had CEH at the top of our running back rankings this week before Jared um, popped the balloon and moved him down a few spots. But yeah, it's it's definitely a blow-up spot for CEH. And I mean, on the Kareem Hunt front, there's also the risk of him having the groin injury where even if it doesn't threaten his game status, you know, it's just one more little risk factor versus other guys out there. Yeah, Edwards Alaire still pops as the top value at running back on draftings. I think Tyler got it right with those four running backs. Edwards Alaire, Kareem Hunt, Mike Davis, Zeke Elliott. I think three of those four guys should be in your cash lineup. I'm leaning Kareem Hunt over Mike Davis. I mean, I just think he he's such a bigger talent. I mean, Kareem Hunt's freaking awesome. We know the Browns want to pound the ball. Colts have been good against the run, but they're going to be without Darius Leonard, their best defensive player in this game. Um, so that helps Hunt's matchup. And I'm still, we're still waiting to see uh, what Hunt did in Friday's practice, but I know he's not listed on the final injury report after being questionable last week. So the groin injury should be less of a of an issue this week. Mm-hmm. Um, on the GPP side, I want to throw out Antonio Gibson as an option at five thousand bucks, two percent ownership projection right now. We'll see if that goes anywhere. But I mean, that seems a low for somebody who's scored in three straight games. Granted, the, the three straight scores don't match up with his workload, but he has had red zone rushing touchdowns in each of those games. So it's not like he's scoring from forty yards out. Two of those came from inside the five. He's actually seen five carries from inside the five yard line now. Only eight running backs league-wide have seen more than that in that range. The Rams head into this matchup with a run defense ranked 28th in Football Outsiders DVOA. They look like they'll be without top linebacker Micah Kaiser. I haven't had a, check, a chance to check his game status yet. But Washington clearly believes that, it, that its quarterback switch should have the offense running better. So, you know, if it does work that way for them, maybe there's some more scoring chances available. Yeah, I, I like Gibson. Yeah, honestly, in the like in the single entry and three entry max tournaments I've been playing, and I'm probably just going to stick with those four running backs for cash. We talked about even with the ownership. You know, we've talked about you know just kind of playing the best running back plays even in tournaments despite ownership and trying to get different at wide receiver. But if I'm going to get away from those four guys, it would be for Antonio Gibson or for James Conner. Um, he's sixty nine hundred bucks, so you know he's maybe a tad overpriced when you compare him to those other guys we talked about. That has his ownership coming in at just three percent. Um, you know, he's got the volume the past two games that we sort of expected him to get this season. And the Steelers are at home as as pretty big favorites against the Eagles. Yeah, I have James Conner down as well. I mean, he and Mike Davis sit basically even in our week five projections. Five hundred dollars difference if you go down to Mike Davis, but the ownership projections right now, according to Fanshare, twenty six percent for Mike Davis, three percent for James Conner. I mean. No matter how good your matchup is or how well you've been playing, anybody can bust. So if somebody takes down a quarter of the field and you have James Conner instead, then you're in good shape. Yep. Tyler, you got anybody else for the GPP side? So I love all the running backs we already mentioned. I had James Conner down as well. A couple other guys that I'll be dabbling on are going to be Jarek McKinnon if Raheem Mostert misses. Uh, McKinnon played well over 80% of the snaps last week, and he looks really good. And they're double-digit favorite going up against the Dolphins. Uh, they said he's going to be a game-time decision. Um, Coach Shanahan said it depends how uh, his ankle feels Sunday morning for Raheem Mostert, so that's just a situation to monitor in terms of Jarek McKinnon. Uh, another guy I had was Kenyon Drake. I guess I'm a guard for <laughs> He's sitting at 5.7,000. They're going up against the Jets, and I'll just be so sick to my stomach because I've been all over him all season. I don't think there's any way I can get off of him when they're going up against the Jets. I'm not going to be all in on him like I was last week. I had him in cash last week. 
but I think I'm going to be taking around 10 to 15% Drake just in case he goes off. At wide receiver, Jared, do we have multiple options in the 3K range this week? So Olamide Zacchaeus is, is my guy here. Um, I'm going to be playing him. That's how you can fit in, you know, three of those running backs plus Patrick Mahomes. I know Demir Bird was being thrown out there, but he's not on the main slate now. Is there another 3K wide receiver that I'm missing? I think it was Jeff Smith of the Jets. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to take the guy, you know, playing in the Falcons passing game. Zacchaeus has been the Julio Jones replacement, and Julio's listed as questionable. He didn't practice all week, though. I'd be really surprised if he plays, you know, six days after re-injuring that hamstring. So that's something to check on Sunday morning. If Julio's back, you probably don't want to play Zacchaeus. But, again, I'm expecting Julio to miss. Zacchaeus has played um, – he's, he's run a pass around 84 and then 74% of Matt Ryan's dropbacks over the past two games, you know, with Julio – missing about a half of um, each of those games. He's had six and nine targets in those two games, 8.1 and then 16.6 DraftKings points. Even, you know, 8.1 DraftKings points at $3,000 would be just fine. Um, and again, we, we like this matchup with the Falcons at home for Carolina. And if Julio does play, maybe Zacchaeus just becomes a GPP play instead of a cash. Sure, yeah, that, that could definitely be. Tyler, what do you have for cash at wideout? Cash at wideout, I think I'm going to go with Tyreek Hill. I think he's the most mispriced wide receiver on the DraftKings main slate. He's sitting at 6.9,000 going up against that Raiders defense that can't generate a pass drop. This is a team that he's killed in the past, and I don't think there's any reason he should be cheaper than DeAndre Hopkins, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, and then Stefan Diggs, who who isn't on the main slate anymore. And then he's only $200 more than Juju Smith-Schuster, $300 more than Will Fowler. So it, it just doesn't seem like he fits in that range. And anytime that's the case where I think a guy's completely undervalued and he's got a great matchup, he's got a great situation with a high team total. I just think I'm going to look that way and cash this week. And I mean, he's been pretty consistent on the season scoring a touchdown every game on the year. He hasn't had a hundred yard game yet, but I think he's ready to break out in a big way. And I could definitely see the Chiefs scoring, you know, four or five, six touchdowns this week going up against that defense. Yeah, and you can never say, no, nah, this is not a week where Tyreek Hill is capable of putting up stats. <laughs> I think Robbie Anderson is also mispriced still at this point, $5,900. Uh, he's still priced just below DJ Moore despite operating as their number one receiver right now. Um, terrific matchup, target certainty, efficient quarterback. So I think it's a good spot still to use him. I think Darius Slayton it seems inconsistent, but I think he's also in play for cash. He's $4,800. He's in the same spot where we talked Tyler out of using Odell Beckham last week, Jared. The big difference between Darius Slayton and Odell Beckham, obviously we were wrong about Beckham then, but the big difference here is that Slayton's even $1,000 cheaper than Beckham was. He comes in as their lead receiver. Obviously, it's still a blow-up spot. You know, is he certain to deliver? No, but who is certain to deliver? So I think at 4800 it's low enough to make a bet on Darius Slayton. Yeah, I mean, you don't think about Slayton as like a cash game wide receiver because he's more of a big play guy, but he's top 16 among wide receivers in targets. He's top 16 among wide receivers in area yards. So he, he's getting enough usage where, you know, the floor should should be pretty high. I know he's disappointed so far, but again, he's he's just faced a bunch of tough defenses. I um, mean, if the Giants offense is even decent this week, I think Slayton pays off at his price tag. And if the Giants offense starts out indecent then they'll fall way behind and be chasing like usual and we'll get plenty of passing volume there you go tyler what do you like on the gpp side of wide out so as i talked about before i'm, re- I'm pretty high on that panthers falcons game so i'm going to be looking to a bunch of wide receiver combinations in that game i like robbie anderson i think he's their top option for sure i'm not sure if i could go back to dj Moore, but in teddy bridgewater stacks i might be playing some anderson and dj Moore together they both have a great matchup on the other side i like calvin ridley and Zacchaeus if you want to do a double stack with Matt Ryan. And then Amari Cooper sitting at 7.4 thousand. 
He actually averages 26 DraftKings points per game when the Cowboys are at home and favored. So that's the case this week. Uh, they're big favorites against the Giants, and he tends to always put up bigger games at home. So I'm going to be going back to him. Uh, I'm not sure how much ownership Amari's going to have this week coming off the massive game. A couple other guys I like are Deontay Johnson and then Sammy Watkins sitting at 4.5,000. He's just the one guy that never gets any ownership on the Chiefs when they're all healthy. And he's actually seen a pretty good role on the season. I think he's had um, seven-plus targets in like three of the four games this season. He only scored a touchdown in week one, and he can always break out. As we saw last year, he had that 180-yard, three-touchdown game against the Jaguars. So I think he has sneaky upside, and and there's going to be no ownership on Sammy this week. Yeah, the only game where Sammy Watkins didn't get seven targets so far this year was when he left early with what they thought was a concussion. Um, and Amari Cooper, I, I agree. So last year – Last year's Amari Cooper would have been a guy I was worried about at this week's likely high ownership, but this year's Amari Cooper is getting targeted like a true number one receiver. He's averaging 12.8 targets per game. He's 22 targets ahead of CD Lamb. He's 27 targets ahead of Michael Gallup. So I'm not worried about his ownership rate, and I'll get I'll differentiate my lineup every elsewhere. Um, I'm certainly considering Amari Cooper, and I, considering even putting two Cowboys wideouts in my lineup even if I'm not playing Dak, because that's just how much they're doing so far this year. Yeah, I think that definitely makes sense. It's Tyreek Hill for me on the tournament side. I mean, for all the reasons Tyler mentioned, I, I think I agree. I think Hill is underpriced. Um, I, I mentioned before that the Raiders are 26th in defending deep passes, according to Football Outsider. So definitely a spot where Hill could you know, catch a few long touchdowns. And he's coming in just 6% projected ownership, despite the matchup, despite the price tag. I, I just think um, you know, stacking the Chiefs in general looks like a pretty good move. They're sort of flying under the radar this week, surprisingly. I want to throw Devontae Parker out as another clear number one wideout that's priced at 5900 bucks. Even more clear is even more clearly his team's lead wideout than Robbie Anderson. I wouldn't jump in heavy on Miami here, but San Francisco is not a scary defense right now. There's potential for the game script to go in a way that has Miami throwing the ball a lot here, and there's nothing scary in the cornerback matchups for the Niners. Richard Sherman remains out. Devontae Parker could see you know a 10 to 12 target game here and put up some nice numbers. Yeah, it sounds like Jimmy G is going to be back for the Niners too, which you know only helps the chances of them jumping out to a lead, forcing Miami to have to throw the ball. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan did say that he's going to start this week, so that can only help the that home team. Over at tight end, Fanshare has Mark Andrews projected for three point three percent ownership right now. Do you guys buy that, or is are we just like waiting for the Lamar Jackson certainty to actually give us the real thing? I think I buy it. Um, I think, you know, Evan Ingram, who we'll talk about, is going to be popular. And I think just among the expensive tight ends, people are going to want to play George Kittle coming off his massive game you know, in on prime time. And then um, I think Travis Kelsey will even be more popular than Mark Andrews. So I, I do buy it. Lamar Jackson's on the injury report. Uh, Mark Andrews is on the injury report is questionable as well with a thigh injury. He was limited the past two days. So, you know, that, that adds some risk. And I think that's going to keep his ownership down. But I think at that price tag, he's definitely a nice tournament play. Right when is Mark Andrews not questionable? <laughs> that very, almost as often as Tom Brady was with his shoulder issue with the Patriots. Yeah, that's true. Tyler, who do you have for cash tight end? I talked about it a lot last week, but to me, I, I'm prioritizing the tight end position a lot in my tournaments every week on DraftKings. I just think there's like no viable plays in the 3K range this year in general. And a lot of those guys have been busting, you know, getting goose eggs or getting two catches for 21 yards. And I just don't think that's the right way to play GPPs. 
So to, once again, I'm going to be paying up for George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. I do like Darren Waller a little bit. And then in the mid-range, I do like Evan Ingram. It's just like if Daniel Jones is going to have a good game, it seems like Evan Ingram will have to be there with him because the Giants really don't have too many weapons. I know they have Golden Tate there, but if Daniel Jones has a lot of ownership, it only makes sense that Evan Ingram will have a decent game. The other reason I like to pay up for tight ends is because the highest priced tight end is only 6.6 thousand. And that's the price of a mid-tier wide receiver. So I'm definitely going to prioritize Kittle this week coming off the massive game. We already talked a lot about the Chiefs. We love them to score a lot of points. And then Mark Andrews is always the the best bet to, to score multiple t- uh, touchdowns at the tight end position. He already has two games this season with two touchdowns in weeks one and week four. And he lit up the Bengals last season. So I'm definitely going to be paying up. Kittle will probably be the highest owned tight end, but I'll be having uh, plenty of the other guys as well there. Yeah, it also looks like it's going to get spread around among those top guys. Are you going to be going to that same group for your cash lineups at tight end? It just depends on roster construction. I don't really trust Evan Ingram and cash. I think George Kittle would be the preferred cash game play for me as well. Just with his target market share, he just dominated last week. He caught all 15 targets for over 180 yards. And the matchup against the Dolphins isn't one to be feared. So I think his floor ceiling combination is the best among all the highest priced tight ends this week. Yeah, I have some lineup tinkering to do to see if I can fit in the expensive tight ends this week. I, I do believe that Evan Ingram's in play, though, for cash at 4600 bucks. He leads the Giants in targets overall. Didn't spend a single snap last week pass blocking against the Rams, so I would imagine that they'll try to do the same thing against the Cowboys, who aren't a particularly threatening pass rush. So the opportunity should be there. I'll be curious to see his ownership projection if it's high then, you know, I I won't like Evan Ingram so much on the GPP side, but I think he's a solid option, a solid bet for uh, targets in this game and some receiving production. Yeah, it's going to be Ingram for me in cash, you know, just getting like the, you know, $1,500 to $2,000 savings over those top guys. I I just want to spend up at running back. Um, Ingram's sort of the same case as Daniel Jones and Darius Slayton. It's just, you know, he's faced four tough defenses so far, but the usage has been there. He's third among all tight ends and targets. He's second among all tight ends in pass routes. So, you know, if that's how the usage continues now that the schedule lightens up this week against Dallas, I think Ingram is a, is a pretty safe bet for the price tag at a position that we know, you know, there's not, not, not really anything such thing as a safe, safe bet. Right. I would say among Ingram, Darius Slayton and Daniel Jones, I feel the best about Ingram putting yep. up at least useful numbers in this game. Yeah, me too. Jared, what do you like on the GPP side of tight end? Yeah, so I agree paying up at tight end. And I, I think, you know, it's another week where using a tight end in the flex even might make sense if you want to play, you know, Travis Kelsey and Kittle, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller, maybe to kind of have a game stack there or like Travis Kelsey and uh, Evan Ingram, who, you know, if you consider Ingram a wide receiver, I think at 4,600, he makes a lot of sense there. But um, Kelsey's my favorite among the expensive guys. Again, I just think it's a great spot for the Chiefs offense in general. And, you know, the Raiders matchup is, is not scary for tight ends. I definitely agree with going after the expensive guys at tight end. I also, though, think that Eric Ebron's in play at 4000 bucks. The playing time has climbed. He's been at 75% plus in each of the past two games. Seven targets, five for 52, and a touchdown his last time out. And the upside is there against the Eagles. They've allowed the third most PPR points per game to tight ends so far. We've seen Eric Ebron deliver as a red zone option. So if he gets opportunities down there, I think he does have 
the multiple score upside that we really want to see from our tight ends. I think Eric Ebron's in play for cash. I think he's riskier for targets than Evan Ingram. So unless I really need that salary savings, I'm probably not going down to him. But I think he, Dalton Schultz, is one other guy to mention in that same range with Evan Ingram that kind of fits in either format if we need that salary savings. Yeah, Ebron was actually the other guy I considered for cash. Um, but the more I looked at it, you know, for the extra 600 bucks, as you said, man, I just think Ingram's such a better target bet because, you know, there's the, the Steelers are just so stacked at wide receiver and James Conner's a factor in the passing game. But, you know, th- there's a chance Ebron sees like two or three targets in this game. Flex, Tyler, what's your plan? We talked about the three running backs. Is that that where you're going? It seems like this week I really don't like too many of the quarterbacks and wide receivers for some reason in week five. I feel pretty good about the running backs and tight ends. So at the flex position, I'm probably going to have three running backs and probably 80 to 85% of my lineups and then go double tight end in the last 10 to 15%. I really can't see myself playing a wide receiver in flex this week. There's not a lot of guys I feel good about. So yeah, I'm going to be rostering those running backs uh, a lot and then doing the double tight end pay up uh, in some other lineups. Yeah, I agree with what you guys have said. It's a good week to double up on tight ends. And those expensive tight ends especially give you more target certainty than the position usually does. Because a lot of times that's kind of the risk is you're going to get five or six targets. But, you know, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle are just as good a target bets as most wideouts. Jared, is that pretty much your plan too? Yeah, you know, definitely one of those four running backs we talked about in cash at the flex spot. There's two other guys I wanted to mention briefly, you know, for tournaments. Will Fuller at 6,600, DJ Chark 6,500. Again, I think that Texans-Jags game shoots out. And, you know, Fuller especially in, in the three games he's been healthy has really seen, you know, strong usage as far as target share and, and area yards and that type of stuff. So I, I think, um, you know, he's still maybe a, a value at his price tag on DraftKings right now. One more player I want to throw out for consideration is David Johnson at 5,200 bucks. His playing time fell against Minnesota with Duke Johnson back. But, I mean, running backs should be closer to the 55% range that he was last week than the 100%, nearly 100% that he was the previous two weeks. So I'm not overly worried about that. We'll see where it goes now that we've got a new coaching staff in place and Duke Johnson is back in the picture. David Johnson also still still saw a season-high 16 carries in that game as well as three targets against the Vikings. So still getting the ball might actually be better for him to spend less time on the field. He faces a Jaguars defense this week that allowed three touchdowns to Joe Mixon last week. So it's not hard to envision the potential upside. We'll see whether the Jags have Miles Jack in the lineup. We don't really know that yet, but I mean, it's not a scary defense for running backs anyway. And David Johnson looks like he's going to come in at a very low ownership rate. Defense, Tyler, who are your favorite targets? I'm not really feeling defense this week either. So anytime that's the case where I don't have like a hunch of like, all right, this defense is going to go off, which last week I thought was going to be Tampa Bay. I thought they were going to have a huge game. So I I think they only ended up getting six points. So I was definitely off there. But anytime this is a situation where I don't feel great about a defense, uh, I usually look to, to a defense that's playing at home and is a big favorite. So this week that would be the Ravens home against the Bengals the Steelers home against the Eagles, and then the Niners home against the Dolphins. So they're all in that upper $3,000 price range. And if we're paying down for Zacchaeus or Kyle Allen, we'll definitely be able to pay up at defense this week. The one defense I considered in the lower range would be the Washington football team at 2,600. They're home going up against Jared Goff and the Rams. I don't think they're in play for cash just because the Rams are pretty heavily favored by a touchdown plus. The Rams have been the most run-heavy team in the league. The situation where Washington pays off is if they build a lead and force Jared Goff to throw. 
I think they can have a pretty nice game. Um, I know Chase Young isn't playing, but they've still been generating pretty good pressure. And I think overall they still have a pretty good front seven and defense in general. And I just think the Rams might be due for a letdown spot. So you don't have to go too heavy on Washington because they're not going to have high ownership, but I'll probably look to play them in around 10 to 15% of my lineups. Do we know Chase Young's status? I know he, he was limited on Thursday. I thought I saw something that said he had a chance to return this week. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check their statuses today. Yeah, that would obviously happen. I, 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 with Tyler, I think Washington makes some sense here. I, I actually do feel really good about Pittsburgh, Baltimore, the Niners. I think the Rams, uh, you know, they're at 4000 bucks, But, you know, those D's are just too expensive for me to play in cash. I'll be trying to get them in the tournament lines. But for cash, I like Washington. I also like Houston. We played them last week. They were okay. They got us a couple points. I um, mean, they're at home, six-and-a-half-point favorites against Jacksonville. Uh, the Jacksonville allowed the fifth-most sacks in the league through four games. PFF has them uh, 21st in pass blocking grade and Gardner Minshew has tossed an interception in three straight now. So, you know, if we get, if we get a shootout, you know, that that's good sometimes for defenses because it means Minshew is going to be back there dropping back. That gives us sack opportunities, gives us interception opportunities. The Steelers are really my favorite on the slate at 3,800 because they come out, they come in less than the Rams and the Ravens and how much they'll cost their sack and turnover upside against the Eagles. So I will try to get to them. If I have to pay down a little, I think the chiefs are an option. We haven't really talked about 3,500 against the Raiders. Uh, Derek Carr threw two picks in each meeting with the chiefs last year. And it looks like the chiefs are playing even better in coverage this year. I think the Cowboys at 3,100 too are a sneaky option. They're a bad defense, but uh, even though we're all expecting points and yards from the giants, we could also very well get, multiple turnovers from Daniel Jones because we've seen that as part of his arsenal as well. And it's it's possible that Daniel Jones gives us fantasy points and some turnovers so he could carry the Cowboys defense as well as his wide receivers. So one option if you, do, if you don't want to pay all the way down into the 2K range. I agree with most of the options that you guys threw out there as well. Before we go on this pod, Tyler is dying to give you guys some betting advice for those of you who play that game as well. Tyler, what do you like this week? Yeah, I got a six-point teaser for the people. We're going to tease the Seattle Seahawks down to a point at home against the Vikings on Monday Night Football. And we're going to tease the Steelers down to a point as well at home against the Eagles. So usually with a six-point uh, two-team teaser, it's about minus 110, minus 120, depending on the book. But I just feel pretty good about both of those teams winning. If you don't want to do the teaser, you could parlay, parlay those two teams as well. And I just think there's no way the Vikings are going to stop Russell Wilson in the Seattle offense. I'm pretty excited to watch that Sunday night game. I think Seattle is one of the most exciting teams to watch in the league. And I just don't think the Eagles are going to be able to score enough points against that Pittsburgh defense. It's like the worst possible, possible matchup for Carson Wentz. He's been really bad while under pressure. And the Steelers are generating pressure on a league high 49% of opposing teams dropbacks. And, I mean, this, the Eagles' offense just hasn't clicked all year. Deshaun Jackson got ruled out again. I don't think they're going to be able to stretch the field. The Steelers aren't going to be worried about getting beat deep, so they're just going to be coming after once every single play. And I think it's really going to be a struggle for the entire Eagles' offense. So that's the teaser I'm going to give out to the people and uh, hope we hope we win that one. And, and it's, uh, it's a good week. And TJ Watt bounced back from not practicing Thursday with a knee issue to full practice on Friday. So no concern there for anybody who's not familiar with betting. What does it mean to tease those down to the points that you said? So with the teaser, basically you could do like a six point teaser, seven point teaser, but 
since both these teams are favored by a touchdown and we're doing a six point teaser, we're getting them down to one point each. So each of those teams just has to win by uh, more than a point and both of them have to win in order for you to win your bet. So essentially it's like a parlay. Both of them have to win, but you're boosting the odds or you're boosting the spread on both of the teams. Just so instead of covering the touchdown, they only have to win by a point. Thank you very much. That's going to do it for this week five DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Jared, to get tournament picks from Tyler, who will also lay out his favorite stacks for the week. Check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of the DS projections, fan share ownership projections, and imported player salaries. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in week five of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at ShaufDS. It's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaf saying thanks so much for some of us. <laughs>